The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998. Harlem Heat 
And Scotty, uh, definitely the one, uh, you know, getting over in the standards, even though Rick takes all the, uh, you know, does all the legwork. He's the one that bumps like a machine, okay? But this match ends with Vincent running down to elbow drop Stevie Ray, giving them the DQ win. So your winners in the match are the Harlem Heat, because the outsiders don't want to wrestle the Steiners? I mean, what sense does that make? Yeah, very, very convoluted. And if they don't, you know, why – what what is the reasoning behind this? You know, it's and then again, it makes it makes Harlem Heat look bad in the fact that you know this is the, the easiest tag team. It, it, but but here's the thing: if they did it and there was a little bit of foreshadowing, or you had a reason as to why this would be optimal, but it it made absolutely no sense. Hell, even you could have gave me something the Monday before that would have been. You know, uh, Vincent had a match, and one of these two right. teams interfered. Something right, right. along those lines you could have gave me. But nothing. Or here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can also you can also maybe plant the seeds that one of these teams is is kind of, you know, a little – is leaning, leaning NWO or something like that. You know, you can, can right. foreshadow that to make you think, okay, maybe one of these teams are just going to lay down. And, and build it that way, but you give it no no reason whatsoever. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so many different devices you can use in wrestling, mm-hmm. so many different gimmicks, so many different um, angles that could be, you know, done, so, so many different ways to do it. But, oof. well, that's what it was. The number one contenders who receive a future match at some point, somewhere, who knows. It's the Harlem Heat. Now, me and Gene Oakland is at ringside, and, it's, and he teases the hotline. one 900 Get your parents' permission. Give us a call. Apparently, somebody from another company having a little bit of problem. A little bit of problems may show up on Night Show tomorrow night. Matthew, any thoughts? We already got teased uh, not tomorrow night's Nitro, but I believe the Nitro two weeks from tonight that a former WWF talent will be showing up in the WCW. Any thoughts who might be there tomorrow night? Well, well, first of all, they said from another company. They didn't specify a wrestling company, so it could be the telephone company. It could be a man that works for the telephone company. Second of all, if we are talking WWF people uh, in speculation for a moment, I've thought long and hard about it, and I have firmly decided uh, I'm pretty confident tomorrow night on Nitro, Vince McMahon's going to show up. He's jumping ship. Vince McMahon is jumping ship. Matthew, this is yep. by no means – a smart or smart show by any means. But at the very least, we don't insult our listeners' intelligence with thinking that Vince McMahon will show up on Nitro. Vince McMahon owns the WWF. He will not be on Nitro. Matthew Thomas. So say okay. you. Anyways, <laughs> here comes the uh, public Get-em-a! for an interview which uh, – Mean Gene is quite the uh, broadcast journalist professional, right? Mm-hmm. Did it seem to you like you were stepping all over the public enemy's um, interview today? Uh, yeah, it was hard. To, it was hard to take it seriously. Well, you know, public enemy apparently are upset with Harlem Heat. So, will they have to battle for the number one contendership? Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe so. Maybe uh, just throw them in there for a, a future title shot. After Starcade. Conan versus Hugh Morris. Conan, a gangster rapper, 
apparently. And uh, Hugh Morris, um, you know, it's this is one of those things where, yeah, there was heat between the guys. You know, one guy showing up in the other guy's matches. You know, lights go out and somebody gets attacked with a real chair versus a, you know, a wooden chair or plastic folding chair or whatever. But this was kind of hard to watch, too. I mean, you do have two guys that know how to work. There's no doubt that right. Conan and, I mean, Conan, a former Mexican heavyweight champion, Conan and Humorous, you know, know how to work. They both were in the Dungeon of Doom, but this just isn't it, man. Something's wrong with these two guys. Like, they put out a uh, – this. they went out and kind of – do you think it was a rib on the company that they did this for each other just to entertain each other and put out just the worst match ever? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the, the the build to this and just just the whole nine yards just was was certainly lacking. Hmm. Well, so there's that. Now, Glacier taking on Raph again. As far as um, programs programs uh, or you know rivalries or competition, Glacier has wrestled against who consistently. But Wrath, right? You know, James mm-hmm. Vandenberg. So at yep. some point, it, he's got to it, move it, on it's, to something it's very, else. It's, it's very strange. Glacier premieres, gets thrown jobbers, they wrestle in the snow, and then this stable is brought in, and it's like this stable and Glacier have been segregated from the rest of the roster. You don't feel like Glacier is even really part of the WCW roster. You feel like he's secluded in his own little comic book world wrestling these comic book characters. Or video game characters, I guess, is a more appropriate Yeah, analogy. this is the Mortal Kombat section of WCW mm-hmm. Monday Nitro and WCW's Great American Bash. Well, oh boy, James Vandenberg has the sacred helmet from Glacier. Uh, Glacier gets his power from the helmet. But luckily, Ernest Miller jumps out of the crowd and obviously is there uh, to help out Glacier. Well, at the beginning of the show, you had... Um, Canyon, excuse me, not Canyon. What's his? Uh, what I was thinking about it. You know, valleys and you know uh, hills and canyons. No, uh, Mortis. Yes, of course. Yep. Was the uh, gentleman that was handcuffed to the ring post? I, I, does that mean that? I mean, nobody can come help. James Vandenberg was never able to get over there with a set of keys. I never understood the the handcuffing to the ring post. Well, it ends up being that a. Uh, uh, a beatdown at the end again. Glacier beatdown by Mortis and uh, Glacier. Uh, Mortis. I mean, good God. I mean, this is just hard. Mortis and <laughs> Raph. It's it's hard to. I mean, I'm a broadcast journalist myself, but I mean, I can't just keep these guys straight. It's all about the power of the helmet. Yeah, and what's so strange, too, is how this fits in the context of WCW. WCW is promoting themselves as the non the non-sports entertainment extension of wrestling. You know, this is where Kevin Nash and Scott Hall use their real names, and except for this one segment of the, <laughs> the show. These are the dudes with, uh, you know, just one name, and one of them looks like Sub-Zero, and the other one looks like uh, who knows who, but... It's just very strange. This this whole thing kind of sticks out like a sore thumb because it's just completely different from what WCW and just the NWA lineage, you know, the 
the wrestling company. You know, this is the sporting contest. It's just the, the antithesis of what they normally represent. Right after that, we had the WCW Women's Title Match: Akira Kodu versus Medusa. Now, isn't Medusa the one that came into WCW with the WWF Women's Championship and dropped it in the garbage can and threw it in the trash can? Okay, what has she done since? Very little, uh, and a lot of that is to be blamed on this just ridiculous division. Um, what is it? The, the women's heavyweight division, because that was the title they threw around for a little while. The women's heavyweight division, uh, they have consistently the bulk of this division now is, uh, you know, Japanese talent and basically talent that come across as a special attraction that you don't really have a character build for, and then when they actually do have a miniature feud. Her and Luna Vachon, that's pretty much just done sporadically and then dropped out of nowhere. Right. You know, this this should have been a big deal. This was somebody coming from WWF. Um, now, let me ask you this. She, her dropping the belt in the garbage, that predated the Outsiders, did it not? Or was it after? I believe was that it predated after, the Outsiders. I think it did. I mean, I think that was really the first thing that, well, I mean, the I'll first you Salvo like, shot. We've got, we've got freaking, uh, we've got everybody and their brother in the NWO. It makes so much sense to have this, her as a mainstay in the NWO. I mean, she's former WWF talent. I mean, how much sense would that make? But no, we just we see her sporadically every couple of weeks, and then when she shows up, you know, we're, we're supposed to uh, supposed to care. And it's just it goes back to not, not nothing to do with Medusa, Laundra Blaze. It's how they have built this division or this this lack thereof a division. The reason I led with that is because if she loses this match, she has to retire. Uh, Lee Marshall joins her expert commentary on women's wrestling. Now Lee Marshall was there for some of her first matches during the AWA days when she was in the AWA. However, boy, oh boy, uh, and Lee Marshall, it, uh, Lee Marshall struggled a little bit. Maybe it's, he's not calling matches enough. They bring him in off the road. He doesn't have witty, you know, uh, retorts to Bobby the Brain Heenan that he sat all night to re- write down. And this was just like pulling teeth watching this one and listening to it too. I honestly longed to hear Dusty Rhodes call this. Yeah. Lee Marshall, Tony the Tiger, who was a great play-by-play voice, made this hard to listen to. I would have rather heard the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Now, could you imagine if it was, because they've done this in uh, World War Three. Dusty Rhodes and Lee Marshall, Stagger Lee Marshall, sitting over on the side calling Ring of Three action. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Medusa loses, and she must retire because of her loss. Now, Mean Gene, the class act that he is, Mean was on a roll tonight, uh, says, your career is finished, sweetheart. You're toast. You're over. Dude, Mean Gene, man, she just lost her job. Somebody's got to pay for those breasts. 
She just lost her job. Mean Gene. Uh, death match. Ming and Chris Benoit. Matthew, thoughts on this quote-unquote death match? I thought it was the mat- match of the night. These two guys, they work a stiff, very strong style, and they absolutely delivered uh, in a pay-per-view that was certainly had its low spots. I thought this was a high spot. Okay. I thought it was brutal, as usual, but then again, it seems like they're giving Chris Benoit this match with a guy like Mayer or a guy like whoever. Yeah. Because Chris Benoit, even though he can wrestle, they don't have anything for him. So just let Chris Benoit right. go out there and punch each other in the head over and over. You know, not the foreshadow here. But Chris Benoit has got to slow it down and maybe work a little bit softer style. So therefore, you know, maybe he doesn't have any issues later on in life. Steve McMichael taking on Kevin Green. I didn't really think about this until I was watching the match. And, then you know, all the stuff that Steve McMichael's had, all the stuff that Kevin Green's had. When you have a wrestling match, there's always at least one vet in there that calls the match, right, between the guys, bots, uh, calls the yeah. action. Who's calling the match here? Because it's not <laughs> Steve McMichael. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Little did we know two years ago when Lawrence Taylor wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow that it would just open up the door. See, WWF, they were able to say, okay, this is a specialty thing. We're going to do it once and leave it alone. No, no. You know, it, it maybe have Walter Payton, you know, make an appearance ringside every now and then. But no, WCW decided that's going to be part of the formula. We're going to have football players wrestle every pay-per-view, and sometimes they're going to wrestle each other. Last pay-per-view, we're going to have Steve McMichael versus Reggie White. Let's do Steve McMichael versus uh, – Versus uh, Kevin Green. Kevin Green, you know, your favorite wrestler. We'll have Steve McMichael versus, uh, you know, maybe maybe Russell Steve Young. You know, that'd be a good match. I'd pay to see that. Wouldn't you pay to see that? Oh, you know what I want to see? Uh, Steve McMichael against uh, Vanderjack from the Colts. Oh, yeah. That'd be yep. awesome. Or or a Chris Jackie from the Packers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. No, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I think that would be uh, – be a five-star classic. The spot of the match, though, Kevin Green's mama with the purse. <laughs> How about that shot? Dude, she she laid into him. Yep. Yeah, she did. And McMichael is a horseman. McMichael is a horseman. World Tag Team title match. It's Scott Hall and Kevin Ash taking on the team of Roddy Piper and Ric Flair. I don't understand why they keep setting us up with Ric Flair being dragged off and Roddy Piper being left alone. Are they trying to, you know, give us dissension where Piper and Flair are going to have a match somehow? Because if that's where they're going, okay, let's get there. Let's, you know, let's quit playing around on the side country roads. Let's take the interstate. Let's take the freeway. Let's get there. But uh, your winners in the match – not really anybody. It, it was just yeah. basically they squashed on Piper, and the pinfall is just academic, you know. So do 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 you get the impression? I mean, WCW as much talent as they've got, as many big names as they've got, you just at times you've got to wonder: Do they have anything in mind? Is any of this stuff being done for a reason? Is there any big over, you know, overarching? 
narrative, anything, any anywhere they're trying to get to, because it's just. It I think there's only like one from, story that's really written right now, and I think the rest of it yep, is just yep. shot out of a cannon every week. Yep, yep, yep. That that that's that's the impression that I get, and you know, you got you feel like they're doing something. You feel like they've got plans for DDP, um, and but outside of that. Just really, I mean, most of the time in any company, you can look at it and say, okay, you know, this is who they're grooming. This guy's on an upward uh, trend. This guy's kind of, you know, staggering a little bit. But it's just so haphazard from week to week and month to month. And so much that is just done that's never really, you know, never, never referenced again or never really materializes. And it's just, it, it's, it's just so much. Now, let me ask you this. His, has Luger has he gotten his title match yet? Because I know he I know he beat Hogan, right? But that was non-title. Well, he, he pinned Hogan in the tag match, match, right? Yeah. And the yeah. Giant actually gave the pin to Luger. Right, right. So Luger Luger's supposed to be your number one contender contender with a title date to be named later. I guess on a pay per view when the champion actually wrestles. Right, or even shows up or. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, there is always thunder in paradise. Oh, yes. The main event, TDP, and the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah. Huh. Okay. DDP tries to escape back to the dressing room, and then Savage follows a, a picnic area set up in the back. Yeah. Um, their VIPs don't get to sit at ringside, Matthew. They sit in the back at a picnic area. That's where the VIPs mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Very, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have it. But Bobby yelling about hit him with the Weber. You know what? Hit him with the <laughs> Weber. Let's see what you're gonna do. Hit him with the Weber. Oh, and it was full of ash too. It was full of charcoal soot. Um, so that was probably the highlight of the match. I thought this one didn't live up to obviously uh, DDP Savage one. So it was a good yeah. match, but uh, hit him with the Weber. And again, their VIPs, folks, are all the way in the back, having hot dogs during the match. Mm-hmm. They're not watching the show. They're sitting at the picnic table area. Who's in charge? I mean, seriously. You couldn't come up with something better than that? Apparently somebody who really likes hot dogs and really values the experience of having a hot dog. You know, I've watched all this wrestling. I'm hungry. I don't care if it's Savage. I've seen it the first time, Savage DDP. I'm getting a hot dog right by the Weber. Oh, God, here they come. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, folks, I I led at the beginning of this this show here that I did like this pay-per-view. I thought there was stuff to take away from it, and we're working towards even more. But, boy, oh, boy, you know, the the stuff that's not right just sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to watch some of this. But then again, you know, what are you going to do, watch WWF? WWF is, I mean, they are what they are. I mean, it's, you know, I'm struggling to watch that a little bit, too. It's, it's kind of hard. We're in a lull right now, folks. The NWO is hot, but uh, the, MWO, the NWO is also about 73 members deep. So if you're not NWO for life, you better uh, go find something else to do. And and you don't have a consistent world title picture you know the right. deal with Hogan. I mean, Hogan, your champion in Hogan, and Hogan has been able to hide behind the NWO, been able to hide behind Eric Bischoff. So, 
I mean, you're not – you don't even have a title picture that's really making people you know, call and order this pay-per-view. Right. And, it's, and you don't really know – you've got so much booking that you're doing for a title shot to be named later or a tag match at, at – uh, at Bash at the Beach or something, and it's like, okay, are we? Are, so we're we're supposed to believe now that the tag titles are not going to be defended on any of the eight nitros prior to us getting to this pay per view. So we already know now that most of, most of your tag matches that you see for the next two months are going to be meaningless because your number one contender has been decided. There's going to be no title tag team title matches. Uh, you've got a roster as big as you do, and you know, titles aren't being used correctly, and it's just it's it's a bit of a mess. I gotta ask this out loud too. So, granted, somebody puts together the show, you know, a half hour, hour beforehand, because again, it's being shot out of a cannon. Is anybody writing it down after the show's gone off the air? Okay, here's what we committed to. Here's what we said we're gonna do. Right, right. And then follow through on it because it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it it, it certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't. All right. Fair enough. Well, Matthew Thomas, that was WCW Great American Bash. Next week we'll be going to the the um, the Nitro after. So again, we were teased by Mean Gene, Mean Scheme, that somebody from another wrestling company may be making a debut or maybe showing up. Who's to say who? But uh, keep your ears peeled and keep your eyes open for Matthew Thomas on the Manly Call Me Dad. Thanks for stopping by. So long.